You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia, live from Tasmania. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Peter Watts back in the studio with us. Welcome back, Peter. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be back. It seems like an age since I was in here with you. Well, it has been a little while because uh, I've been away, you've been away, we've been travelling, and... uh, what have you been up to for the last couple of months, Peter? Good question. Well, well, at least well, the last few weeks. Well, I was pining while you were away, and I was here <laughs> all alone. But uh, in the last month, uh, I've spent a bit of time in Western Australia, in Perth, in fact, and uh, that was exciting for me because uh, I had not been there in 29 years. I I came to Australia as a backpacker 29 years ago, and... Um, Perth was my first port of call. Wow. And uh, so that was the first time I, I had step, set foot in Australia. And we spent about three months there in Perth and, and in Western Australia. And uh, it was great to go visit some of the places that I had been 29 years ago and see, you know, what I remembered and how much had changed. And um, one of the places I went to actually was uh, the unit where I used to stay in Maylands in Perth. And I uh, took a photo there and sat outside and just contemplated how much what had taken place in the last 29 years and all the things that God had done uh, for me and through me and and in my life uh, in the last 29 years. So that was really good to sort of reflect on that and uh, went to Rottnest Island and saw the quokkas and uh, just had a great time over there. But I wasn't there just to have a holiday, Jason. (laughs) I think I should be important to mention that, that we were actually sharing um, messages in the Is God For Real series. Mm, Which Um, which last week we were promoting heavily for our Glenorchy program. Correct. So so we had uh, been, we've been presenting that over in Perth and uh, that was really great um, in, in Victoria Park and Forest Field. And then, uh, of course, we came back uh, here. I came back last week, um, arrived back in Tasmania, actually, on Tuesday. And then uh, last Sunday, we uh, began the Is God For Real series at uh, Glen Orchid, at George's on the Park, the KGV ground. And uh, we will be there again this coming Wednesday night, uh, in fact, tomorrow, 7 p.m. tomorrow. So if you missed the first few programs, don't let that keep you away. Do not despair. There's plenty more to see and hear. Uh, In fact, I'll mention it now, and we can mention it again at the end of the program. But this uh, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Wednesday, at the KGV Oval in Glenorchy, we have uh, Can We Know the Future? We're going to be discussing one of the um, more... um, powerful prophecies from the book of Daniel in fact Uh, and then we're going to be looking at some of the signs of the times as well so 7pm Wednesday tomorrow come along to the KGV Oval in Glenorchy and uh, check out the program Is God For Real Awesome, now I have uh, attended almost every one of those events last year when uh, you ran them over at Bellarive and Mm. they're well worth attending so I'd encourage you if you're listening in in Hobart or around the uh, southern area, well worth getting on to that uh, now, just remember our show number, Tassie Encounters. This is unique for our show. Tassie Encounters number is 488 Write that down. We have a free book offer later in the program. We're going to ask you some questions. We'd love to hear from you. So 488 Now, uh, Peter, last week we started your series without you. 
Oh, well, I, look, <laughs> it just goes to show how dispensable I am, quite frankly. But uh, interestingly, we had Daniel. Yes. Daniel Mateo, who was Talking quite appropriate uh, to introduce the book of Daniel. And uh, you're going to be doing a series called Daniel and the God on the Wisdom of God. Um, and uh, we're going to be going through chapter by chapter. Mm. And uh, today we're going to be studying chapter one. Would you like to, um, you know... Uh, lay the table. Lay the table or um, just remind our listeners, if you want to go back and listen to past episodes, the Faith FM app and the website. Faith FM Australia you can download from the app stores and faithfm.com.au. You can listen online. You can listen to past episodes. Don't forget that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, for today, Daniel Chapter 1, uh, would you like to start our overview of this? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'll do my own little intro. Um, I really appreciate Daniel Mateo doing um, a little bit of a uh, introduction to the book last week, and I was actually talking to Daniel yesterday. But... Um, the the book of Daniel is pertinent for us because it actually deals with end time issues, and uh, I'm going to read a passage from the very last chapter before we dive into chapter one. Okay. I'm going to read a passage uh, here, or maybe I'll get you to to read it. I don't know if you have it. Oh, I but, haven't. But um, I can find no, it. that's fine. It's fine. Let me read it for okay. you. It's Daniel 12 verse four, and this is the last chapter of the book of Daniel. It says this: "But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until." the time of the end and the, what's significant about that is there is material in the book of the da book of daniel that is uh, valuable for us as believers to understand at the end of time it's a book that talks to the end time now the book of daniel itself is kind of split into two halves the first six chapters are really historical stories about daniel's time in babylon and then the next uh, half of the book from chapters 7 to 12 are prophecies or visions that Daniel receives and he writes them down. And so um, what we're going to find is that, the, though, that the visions refer to the future from Daniel's perspective, but also even the historical sections have lessons for us who live at the end of time. This book was written... Two and a half thousand years ago, we're talking mm. about the sixth century BC, sort of six hundred, five and a half hundred years ago. Yeah. Okay. This is when this book. Uh, sorry, five and a half hundred years BC. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. What does that mean? Five yeah, and a half no, hundred no, no. years. Ago. No, five and a half hundred years BC. That's yeah. two and a half thousand mm. years ago, right? It's a very old book. Um, but it is very relevant to us, and we're going to dive right in. And it comes, of course, uh, the, the beginning of the book tells the story of how God's people were taken captive and led away from Jerusalem and to this city of Babylon. Um, Babylon today is a, a ruin that you could uh, go see if you wanted to visit, and it's there in the modern country of Iraq. Mm. Um, and I guess not too many of our listeners will go to Iraq for a holiday because of the troubles that have been there over the last uh, 30 years and so. But um, it, it's in the, in the modern country of Iraq, and that was called Babylon in ancient times. So we mm. might dive into chapter 1 of the book of Daniel. And my, uh, what we might do here, Jason, is we might read the first seven verses, um, and then we'll unpack those, those verses. And maybe... Uh, what should we read? Two verses each, or how would you like to do this? I'm happy to do whatever you'd like. God to, bless Peter. you. <laughs> well, oh. let me. I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll read the first three verses. You can read the next four, and then we'll unpack it. Okay. How's that? Sure. All right. So this is Daniel chapter one, verses one to three. It says, "In the third year 
of, uh, sorry, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim into the, uh, the the king of Judah into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then... then then the king Ash- oh you're doing three I'm doing three ah sorry <laughs> then the king of uh, then the king instructed Ashpenaz the master of the eunuchs to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles young men in whom there was no blemish but good looking gifted in all wisdom possessing knowledge and quick to understand who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans and the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah to them the chief of the eunuchs gave names he gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar to Hananiah Shadrach to Mishael Meshach and to Azariah Abednego all right thank you jason okay so lots of strange names in here uh obviously strange words that um, come from that that culture and um we've sort of read through the first seven verses we want to unpack it a little bit here it opens up with uh the king of judah being taken captive by king nebuchadnezzar and jerusalem being defeated okay it says that uh, nebuchadnezzar besieged it that means he surrounded jerusalem mm. uh, and ultimately conquered that city Um, And it's noticeable in verse 2 that he takes some of the articles out of the house of God in Jerusalem and he puts them in the house of his God in Babylon. Mm. And this is um, a part of um, the the laying the foundations of the book. It's really a a contest between the God of Babylon and the God of Jerusalem. Now, what's interesting is it kind of opens with a defeat right mm. the god of jerusalem it seems defeated. would be defeated <laughs> except the the verse itself reveals that it is god himself who uh allows the king to be taken captive it says verse 2 and the lord gave jehoiakim king of judah into his hand mm. in other words this did not happen because the king the, the king of babylon was you know, stronger than the God of Jerusalem, or that the God of Babylon was stronger than the God of Jerusalem, which would have been their their view, mm. right? If if my if, if if I conquer you, that means my God's bigger than your God, mm. um, and that would been would have been their view. But because uh, the 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 people of God of God in Judah had basically given themselves over to idolatry. God allowed them to be taken captive into Babylon. Hmm. And we're going to unpack in our next section uh, more details from this opening uh, passage. We've got a question for you. Um, Not just a question, but we're asking you if you've got any questions. So (laughs) if you've got any questions about the book of Daniel that you'd like answered in our series as we study through this, we'd love to hear what your questions might be. Daniel um, sometimes is a little bit interesting and a little bit, More than a, bit uh, uh, a little bit tricky to understand. It, mm. it requires a, a good study. So if you've ever had any questions about the book of Daniel that you'd like answered, text us in uh, your questions, 0488 
0891. We'd love to hear your questions and uh, we can perhaps address those in our studies. We've got another question too. How do you maintain your faith in a hostile environment? And that's relevant to today's study of chapter one. Right now we're going to go to a break. This is Kate Gariga with Walk In It With Me. Jesus, I need you to do a work I couldn't do. Take this heart of stone, make it flesh and make it light. Let me see with your eyes, you love perfectly. Jesus, please be love in me. me 
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're talking with Peter Watts and we're studying the book of Daniel at the moment, specifically Daniel chapter 1 today. Before the break we did ask you a question. We asked you if you have any questions about the book of Daniel and if you do text us in what questions you have. It's sometimes a tricky book to understand and we'd love to hear your questions so we can help uh, answer those as we study the book together. 0488880891. And another question we asked you was, how do you maintain your faith in a hostile environment? Now, before the break, Peter, we were looking at just the first few verses of Daniel chapter 1, and it opens with this scenario of God's people being sort of defeated at the hands of mm-hmm. Babylon. But we know that this was actually prophesied many years, like 1,500 years in advance. Mm. Oh, I think a 1,000 years, yes. Yeah. And um, so what you ha- – yes, so at the time of Moses, um, many people might remember Moses was uh, the one who led the children of Israel out of captivity, out of Egypt, and um, into the wilderness, and they ran in the wilderness. And at the end of that wilderness wandering for 40 years – he wrote the book of Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, there are uh, things listed there that there are the blessings and cursings where God basically says, I'm going to give you principles to live by. And if you live by these principles, you will be blessed. But if you you disregard these principles and you ignore them, then curses are going to come upon you. There are going to be consequences. Mm. Basically, that's what it is. The blessings and curses are the consequences of our choices. And um, so some of those uh, consequences for turning away from God, he mentions here in Deuteronomy 28, 15 and verse 49. Notice what it says there, and I'll get you to read that, Jason. Verse 49 says... The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose language you will not understand. Yeah, so so what we see in the book of Daniel is actually this taking place where God had delivered them from Egypt, from uh, captivity, and set them free, and they ended up in the promised land. And then um, because they had turned away from God, that they'd given themselves over to idolatry, they ended up getting carried away to, if you like, the capital of idolatry, which is the kingdom of Babylon. And so it's interesting that um, even that was something that was prophesied in advance a thousand years before. Mm. Um, And uh, now you find, like you say, uh, this apparent defeat for God's people and an apparent victory for Babylon. Um, of course, you, you, really in the Bible, you can go all the way from Genesis to Revelation and you will see the origins of uh, Babylon uh, and the origins of Jerusalem. And then you see spiritual Babylon and spiritual Jerusalem in the book of Revelation. Uh, and so all the way through this, this contest, if you like, between the king of Jerusalem, which is God, and the king of Babylon, which ultimately is the devil, mm. but he often is operating between, uh, you know, behind pop- uh, puppets or regimes. It's the story of almost uh, every movie, isn't it? The, the conflict between good, good and, and evil. Good and evil, correct. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Almost all the blockbusters have this kind of pattern. Mm. 
All right, so we have read in uh, the first seven verses there that some of the treasure was taken from um, Jerusalem to Babylon. And um, in fact, uh, a scripture, the Bible tells us in Ezra 1.11 that there were 5,400 articles of gold and silver that were taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. So we see that there. It also mentions in verses 3 and 4 of Daniel chapter 1 uh, that some of the uh, young people would be taken from Jerusalem and that they would be made eunuchs. This is prophesied um, about 100 years or more before it takes place, but in Second Kings twenty sixteen to 18. It says, Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. All right. So here we have again, this is another prophecy prophesied about a 100 years before the time of Daniel, where you have uh, this prophecy that some of them are going to become eunuchs. Now, people might be wondering, what is a eunuch? And a eunuch uh, is someone who would have been castrated because they might have been, uh, if they're going to serve in the palace of the king, they may be close to the king's harem where his wives would be. And uh, I, th- I, I suppose the king wanted to be sure that if there were any heirs or any children born, that he wanted to make sure they were his mm. and nobody else's. And so many of the people around that area would have been castrated. Mm. And the, you, you have, uh, and they would have been called eunuchs. And that's why in chapter one, you have uh, the chief of the eunuchs looking after these young men. And so we, we imagine that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these four young men would have been castrated and would have become uh, part of the, uh, under the care of the chief of the eunuchs. What's interesting is, uh, I'll get you to read verse 5 again, if I can, of Daniel chapter, um, yeah, maybe read th- verses 5, um, just for, just verse 5 of Daniel chapter 1. It says, And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Okay, so they, these young men, they're coming into Babylon and he's taking, these are the nobles, these may be young princes, these are people who have been, um, you know, highly educated or, um, you know, well raised in Jerusalem and he's taking the best of the best, if you like, and he wants to retrain them and use them in his court. Uh, and so they're going to get these three years of training. And it's interesting that they get a particular diet that is offered to them, which is the king's diet. And, you know, it, it's interesting that, um, you know, they they seem to be uh, well treated in terms of, you know, if you think about slaves that are taken from Jerusalem to Babylon, I'm sure not all of them would have been treated that well. Mm. Uh, but these seem to have been these given the privilege. These Correct. the elite ones. Yeah, and to be given a portion of the king's food and wine and so mm. forth would have been regarded as a, a privilege for them. Mm. Um, but not, it's interesting I'm not, how... not so sure the castration would have been. <laughs> well, indeed. Mm. Castration would not have been a privilege, that's mm. for sure. And we're going to come... Uh, 
to see how they respond to that in verses 8 to 14. But before we go there, what's interesting in verse 6 and 7 is that it tells us their names. Their names, yeah. I was going to ask about that. And then it tells them the names that they were changed to. There must be something significant about this. There is. So what we have here is, if you like, it is trying to change the culture of these people. Mm. Um, They've been taken away from their city. They are going to be given new customs. They're going to be re-educated at the University of Babylon. Uh, and they're given new names. And one of the reasons they're given new names is if we run down their, run through their original names, which is Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they have specific meanings. Mm. So Daniel means God is my judge or um, uh, the God, the God of uh, the Bible is my judge. Uh, Hananiah means Yahweh is gracious or merciful. Uh, Meshach is, um, sorry, Mishael, who is what God is. And Azariah, Yahweh has helped. Mm. So they are all names related to the God that they serve. But they're given different names that are related to the Babylonian gods. And so um, Belteshazzar uh, is, Daniel is given the name Belteshazzar. Bel, protect the king, is what that means. And Bel is also equal to Marduk. Uh, which is a Babylonian god. Uh, Then you've got Shadrach, which uh, is related to the moon god, Aku. uh, Meshach is also related to the moon god, Aku. And Abednego uh, means the servant of Nebu, a Babylonian god. And, of course, Nebuchadnezzar also has that Nebu um, part of that word in there. So it's all related to the gods of Babylon. And the idea was that you're not going to serve the god of Jerusalem anymore you're going to be serving the God of Babylon and they thought that if they could re-educate them um, then they they could um, get them to change their culture now before the break uh, before we went to air Peter we Mm. were having a discussion about this name uh, Abednego yes and uh, you were going to share with me you promised to share with me Something uh, special about this name and how it is connected to Bendigo. A town in Australia. Indeed. We'll do that after the break. After the break, I'm looking forward to hearing what that's all about. Sure. Remember our uh, question that we're asking you today. Do you have any questions? And uh, we'd love to hear from you about what questions you have about the book of Daniel. And uh, how do you maintain your faith in a hostile environment? We've had a couple of people text in, and uh, we may uh, share that a little bit later. Uh, But right now, we're going to go to this break. This is Look to Jesus by Phil Wickham. Text us in 0488-880-891. Death looks like an empty grave. Fear looks like a giant slain. Trials look like gifts of grace When I look to Jesus Failure's bout of victory Sin has lost its hold on me Endless love is all I see When I look to Jesus How my heart leaps, how my soul sings, for I know where my help comes from. Jesus saw me, Jesus saved me, hallelujah for all he's done. 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tasmanian Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Peter Watts on the series Daniel and the Wisdom of God. Now, before the break, Peter, I uh, asked you a question about this name Abednego and mm-hmm. uh, you promised to tell us how that how is that connected to Australia? Yeah, so Abednego was one of the um, four young men that was taken from Jerusalem. And um, there is a town in Victoria called Bendigo. And uh, I was surprised uh, to discover that it has a connection to this name. So um, I actually worked and lived in Bendigo for five years. Uh, but 10 years before that, I went there on a day trip with my family. And we were on the tourist tram uh, rolling around Bendigo, and on the tourist tram it says Bendigo's name is derived from Abednego in Daniel chapter three. Wow. It's also in Daniel chapter one. I was like nearly fell off my chair, but anyway, um, the the story goes that um, there was uh, a a man who was a shepherd who used to uh, work on the Ravenswood. Uh, 
uh, I think the Ravens would run um, near Bendigo, and um, he was uh, he was good with his fists, and they nicknamed him Abednego because at the time there was a prize fighter in Nottingham, England, called William Abednego Thompson, <laughs> and so he was nicknamed Abednego after that um, that man, and that of course became corrupted and, and ended up becoming Bendigo. So. Um, very fascinating because this prize fighter, um, he uh, came from Nottingham and uh, he was one of 20, the last of 21 children uh, born to his uh, dear mother. Uh, and himself, he was one of triplets. And those triplets were named Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Wow. <laughs> uh, and so, so uh, now presumably they're middle names mm, anyway. Mm. Um, and so that's how Abednego got its name, which is quite remarkable. And uh, I wouldn't have believed it unless I'd saw it there. And uh, I went to the tourist uh, shop there in Bendigo, and you can buy a book that, that's got that in. So we were looking at this, and they had so Daniel chapter 1, these young men have been taken from Jerusalem to Babylon, and their names have been changed. Mm. Now, Naomi from Perth, Western Australia, has texted in. Now, apparently, you were speaking with Naomi recently. Not, not only speaking, but working. So shout working out to with. Naomi. Hello, Naomi. How are you? Um, we were working uh, together there over in uh, Perth. So thanks for texting in. And she has texted in a question. Yeah. My question is, how can we be like Daniel today? Mm. And uh, she's also answered the second question, which is, I, I maintain my faith with prayer. Well, I think probably Naomi's answered the first question with the second one. How can we be more like Daniel? Daniel was one who prayed. We're going to discover that as mm. we go through the book of Daniel. It was a key part of his life, wasn't it? It really was. Mm. And um, also probably another answer to the question we're going to find here in uh, Daniel um, uh, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Just read verse 8 for us, if you would, Jason. Sure. If it, you've got it there. It says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. All right. The first thing it says there is Daniel purposed in his heart, or yeah. he sort of means it seems he like made he a made decision, a decision. A strong decision. He made a decision and he was committed to that. And I think that the way that we can be like Daniel is that, uh, yes, we, we, we need to pray because that's our connection to God. And that enables us to, to make a decision and to commit to something uh, even when there is um, pressure uh, and um, influence all around us to do the opposite. And so uh, I think that's how we, we maintain uh, our faith and be like Daniel is um, continue to pray to God. So we're going to read through here. Uh, first of all, maybe we'll pick up on that verse. Daniel determines that he's not going to uh, defile himself, it says, mm. with the portion of the king's delicacy. It's not just that he says, you know what, I don't fancy that food. I don't really like that food. I'm just, I'm going to ask for something else. No, he was recognizing that the food and drink available to him from the king's table was actually going to be defiling to him. Now, why would he say that? I and, guess it's got something to do with clean and unclean. Exactly right. So, so Daniel was raised in Jerusalem, and mm. Daniel knew very well what the uh, books of Moses had said, um, that where God had detailed from Genesis... Uh, what was clean and what was unclean. We might remember all the way back to Noah's Ark 
God sent some clean animals and unclean animals onto the ark, and he made a distinction between the two. That distinction is more clearly spelt out in Leviticus 11. You can also find it in Deuteronomy 14, where God designates some animals as clean and some animals as unclean. Some animals were permitted for them to eat, and some animals were not permitted for them to eat. Some animals were used for sacrifices, and other animals were not used for sacrifices. And so there was a designation between clean and unclean, and Daniel was not going to to do that. Also, the wine of Babylon would have been um, intoxicating wine. And in fact, there are parables or or passages in Scripture in Jeremiah where it talks about the wine of Babylon and people getting drunk on the wine of Babylon. Mm. Even in the book of Revelation, Mm. it talks about spiritual Babylon making all the world drunk with the wine of Babylon. Mm. And so um, Daniel wanted to maintain a clear head you know, I always said on this subject, you know, I used to work as a cocktail bartender and I used to work with alcohol quite a lot and I used to drink quite a lot uh, before I became a Christian. And um, I talk to people about this from the perspective that if we're going to maintain a relationship with God, prayer is going to be an integral part of that. And I find it hard enough to maintain a clear connection with God when I'm sober. I find it far more difficult to maintain a clear connection with God when I'm drunk. Mm. And so here Daniel is saying, I'm not going to defile myself. Some of this material would have been unclean. Some of it uh, may have been uh, intoxicating wine. And he's decided he's not going to eat or drink that. So let's read on a little more from uh, maybe from 9 to 14. And then we will uh, unpack that a little bit more. It says, Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days, and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you, and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter, and tested them ten days. All right, so Daniel proposes a test, and uh, you know the, the man who's uh, responsible for them, he's saying, look... I don't want you, you know, uh, looking disheveled or weaker or scrawny, you know, um, because you're not on the king's diet. Mm. And Daniel said, well, let's just do a test for 10 days. Mm. Let's do a test for 10 days. And, uh, you know, if, if we look worse, if we look like we're worse off because of it, then, you know, you can do as you, you see fit. So they do this test. And I think it's very interesting that um, – Sometimes the concern now, I myself am a vegetarian. I have not always been a vegetarian, um, but I I, um, I find it interesting when you tell people you're a vegetarian, sometimes people are concerned that you're mm. not going to be getting all that you need nutritionally. Mm. And by the way, this is for all those lovely vegetarians out there. It's possible to be a vegetarian and eat stuff that's not healthy for you. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So yeah. so that's not the point. And by the way, I also want to make this point. You do not have to be a vegetarian to be a Christian. Yeah. Okay? That's very important to point out. Mm. However... 
Um, there are some interesting principles in the Bible uh, related to this where we look at the original diet of mankind given in the book of Genesis and we find that it was fruits and nuts and grains. We find that in Genesis one twenty nine. Uh, we also find after the fall that vegetables were added to the diet. We see that in uh, Genesis 3.18. And so that was man's original diet. It was only after the flood when the world had been devastated by the flood, that God allowed mankind to eat meat. Hmm. And uh, that is affirmed in, um, like I say, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, that that there was a distinction. It was clean meat that God permitted them to eat. Um, However... And that was actually sort of planned by God before the, uh, even the ark, before they ended the ark, because uh, he said, bring clean animals. Seven of the clean and two of the unclean. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he he knew what would be needed. And Mm. um, But what's interesting, too, is there's a stark contrast between the lifespan of the people before the flood and the lifespan of the people after the flood. Mm. So I think the average uh, age of the persons listed um, in uh, the pre-flood world is 912 uh, and then very quickly, you know, some 300 years after the flood, you have the time of Abraham, and Abraham lived 175 years, which is not a lot when you consider that Noah lived 950 years, and Noah and Abraham would have had the opportunity to meet. They have about a 50-year overlap where they would have been able to actually meet each other. Um, so anyway, the point being that Daniel has decided that he will um, not... Uh, defile himself with the king's le- uh, delicacies, and we'll come back and talk more about this. We've got to find out what happened. We what do. Happened. Yeah, what happened at the end of the ten days? It's time for our book offer: the prophecies of Daniel made simple. This is an excellent book, uh, personal and small group study guide by Seth Pierce. Daniel wrote his book a long time ago, so does it really have anything to do with us today? Can Daniel really tell us what to expect in the future? If you've ever found Bible prophecy difficult to understand. Prophecies of Daniel Made Simple is a perfect book for you. Using interesting illustrations and thoughtful questions, author Seth Pierce will make the symbolism clear, clarify the unfamiliar terms, and explain what the prophecies meant for the prophet Daniel and what they have to say to us today. Now, we haven't actually covered any of the prophecies yet, but they're coming up in future programs, so... uh, Stay tuned each week for more of this. This is Kevin and Jennifer Petrie with This Is My Anchor. This my anchor, firm, secure. My soul is fastened, ever sure. I have found in waters deep. There's a hand that safely keeps We have this hope that ties the soul To the endless flowing well From the waters of His side There I find healing There I hide He has promised He will be 
priest whose blood will cover me in his promise strong and true there is covenant renew we have this hope that ties the soul to the endless flowing well from the waters of his side there i find healing and there i hide through the veil there is a I see my savior's wounded side There a high priest who will ever be sacrificed for me This my anchor firm secure My soul is fastened ever sure I have found in the waters deep there's a hand that safely keeps there's a hand that safely Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and uh, we've rapidly come to our last section in this program. But before the break, we did talk about our book offer today, this free give, uh, giveaway, Prophecies of Daniel Made Simple. Now, this is uh, quite an expensive book, so we have to limit our copies to two. Um, just uh, so that we can afford to keep giving books away <laughs> so we can't give away too many each day so the book offer today zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. that's the number to text in and the code for today is Daniel2 text that in there's a limited copies so please text that in now before the break Peter we were dying to find out what happened to Daniel at the end of uh, uh, the 10 days Daniel and his friends yeah so um, the next section are uh, the, the last few verses of Daniel uh, chapter 1 uh, 15 through 21 and tells us what happened uh, after these uh, 10 days do you want me to read that I'll read through that I yeah think. sure it says at the end of the 10 days their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables as for these young men God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams now at the end of the days when they ha- uh, when the king had said that they should be brought in the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Dan- uh, before Nebuchadnezzar then the king interviewed them and among them all none was found like Daniel Hananiah Mishael and Azariah Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his in all his realm. 
Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Do you think uh, there was something miraculous about this uh, particular test? Or do you think just having uh, vegetables and fruits (laughs) and things for 10 days would make you 10 times stronger? There's no doubt that it's not just about fruit and veg. This is about a relationship with God and following God's principles. If we believe that the God of the Bible exists and if we believe that God created human beings and created the environment, he knows what's best for us. He knows how we work best. And it's not just about providing the right environment and the right food and drink, but it's actually the right relationship with mm-hmm. God because it's not only those things that are making them wise, they're, they're becoming wise because of their connection with God as well. And do you know what I like about this is actually God proves this um, this lifestyle three times because there's the 10-day test which they pass. Then after three years, they're brought before the king and found 10 times wiser. And then at the end, it says Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus, which means he's in his 80s. So in other words, there's longevity here. So you have the 10-day test where that they passed, the three-year test that they passed, and then the, the longevity test. They were in battle on 70 years. And Daniel is there um, even when King Cyrus comes in. And uh, he's still serving in the palace. It's amazing, isn't it? How it long really he is was amazing. serving. Yeah. And so, you know, that to me says that uh, lifestyle makes a difference. You know, I just did want to touch on uh, something. There was a uh, documentary movie called The Game Changers made in 2018. Mm. It was on Netflix. And um, it was uh, made by... Um, Uh, James Wilkes, who is a a British UFC fighter, kind of a kickboxer type of guy. And he had an injury and he wanted to research how to get back from injury as quick as possible. And he started to research what other fighters and athletes had done in the past. And he went right back to the Romans, the Roman gladiators. And he discovered that many of them were actually vegetarian. And that surprised him. Mm -hmm. Um, And this documentary just talks about the... um, The benefits uh, of a vegetarian diet or a plant-based diet is probably a better way to say it. And it has people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan, Lewis Hamilton are on there um, espousing the benefits of a plant-based diet, um, which I just think is interesting. Let's talk a little bit about, while we still have some time in the rest of this chapter, so so, um, what are some of the lessons we can learn Mm. from Daniel chapter 1? We're going to go chapter by chapter in this series through the book of Daniel, and we would encourage people, by the way, to read ahead. Uh, But we're going to read every verse. And um, what can we learn from this chapter of Daniel? Firstly, an interesting one is Daniel didn't blame God for the mistakes of other people, even though he ended up a castrated captive. Mm, That's pretty amazing, isn't it? You think about that. The first time, you know, we run into trouble ourselves, we tend to blame God or we get angry at God or we... Or it's somebody else's fault. Yeah, we ask why and, yeah. I mean, here's Daniel, who, by all intents and purposes, and we read through the book, he's very faithful to God, Mm. but he ends up being a captive. He Mm. ends up being a castrated captive in Babylon, but we never see him blame others and we never see him blaming God. Mm. We just see him being faithful. Mm. And I think there's a lesson there for us. Well, but being faithful to God in the midst of all of that. Trials and troubles, mm. absolutely. Um, 
the second point I think a lesson is it is possible to remain faithful to God whilst living in Babylon mm. you know we live in a world that is not always uh, friendly towards the principles and values of God in fact it's uh, often opposite uh, and yet it is possible to remain faithful to God whilst living in Babylon that's important for us to, to learn thirdly uh, control your appetite or it will control you. Remember Eve and the forbidden fruit. The reason we got into this trouble back in the Garden of Eden was that we chose to eat something that God had said, don't eat. Mm. Um, and so uh, appetite is important, not just in the area of food, but appetite in general. God uh, calls us to self-control. Um, and if we will exhibit that, then then we will be stronger spiritually, I believe. Uh, also, another lesson is Daniel and his friends didn't drink the wine of Babylon. Now, the wine of Babylon is also a metaphor for false teaching that comes in later. Um, and probably another one is passing small tests helps you to pass big exams. We're going to come to some of those bigger exams later. And, um, you know, God rewards faithfulness. So there are a number of other lessons from this chapter. Mm. It's a fascinating chapter, and the whole book of Daniel I found I find totally fascinating. Mm. You know, for me personally, the book of Daniel and, and some of the prophecies that were made and uh, we can see historically have come true. So uh, that's really something that has helped me increase my faith. Mm. Now, Peter, do you want to just uh, talk about your program that you're running in Glenorchy a little bit more again? Yeah, right. So uh, we are running the Is God For Real series in Glenorchy. It is at the Georges on the Park venue at the KGV ground there in Glenorchy, the football ground. And um, if you want to come along, Wednesday at 7 p.m., that's tomorrow, 7 p.m., we will be looking at Can We Know the Future? We're actually going to be looking at one of the most fascinating prophecies from the book of Daniel mm. uh, in, in tomorrow's program. And then in uh, the second session, we will be looking at the signs of the times. What are the things that are happening in our world today that tell us where we are in the stream of history? Mm. Fascinating stuff, so don't miss that if you're in the Hobart, the southern Tasmania area. Um, how can somebody get in touch with you or to do they need to book or they just turn up at They that will venue? not need to book on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, just turn up at uh, George's on the Park at the KGV Oval in Glenorchy, 7 o'clock Wednesday, and we will welcome you. Okay. Now, next week, we'll be continuing on to Daniel Chapter 2. We're looking forward to that. And tomorrow we've got Daniel Matteo back on, and he's going to be studying the Bible as politics. Uh, really uh, interesting. I'm really keen to find out what he's got I'm to say tune into about that. that. Find out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Bible as politics. Uh, he's covered many uh, topics um, in this series, uh, drawing from the well. So. Uh, I'm really keen to hear about that. Now, of course, uh, our free book offer today, I think there's one copy left. So you can text in Daniel 2, no spaces. Text that in <clears throat> to 0488 to receive your copy. There's one copy left. Daniel 2 is the code, no spaces. Text it in to 0488 so, Peter, we look forward to having you back here next week. And uh, in the meantime, have a great week. And for all of our listeners, have a great day. We trust that God will bless you today. As the world becomes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind, a leader will arise to take the reins. Sing love, bring us peace, if you put your hope in me. 
Announce the name of Jesus or be slain. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to As the masses take his mark, believe a lie to chill their hearts. They'll know the time has come, seal of faith. Those who claim to the cross will refuse and pay the cost. As God redeems his own from the sea of hate. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. 